Welcome back to the Foul Balls Podcast, April 3rd, 2018. And we have a nine-game slate for Tuesday night. It uh, looks pretty decent because there are some high-end pitching options to use, which I always prefer. So the top two guys on the slate is Clayton Kershaw and Justin Verlander. The, I think the baseline expected output for Kershaw is much higher than Verlander, but what makes this kind of difficult is that Kershaw has what could be a much more difficult matchup in Arizona. Something we said before is they do the humidor that we're not exactly sure what the impact of it is going to be, but one thing that does matter in Arizona is when the roof is open, it plays more as a hitter's park, and when the roof is closed, it is less of an extreme hitter's park. So how much I like Kershaw is going to depend on whether the roof is open or closed. I think that if the roof was to be open, then I would probably lean a little bit towards Verlander. But if the roof is closed, then I would be much higher on Kershaw and Verlander. I would go near Verlander. Uh, where do you stay on these two guys, Matt? Well, we also have to worry about Kershaw's velocity dip in his first start. Like that's That definitely exists, and maybe it's just a one-start fluke and Kershaw's fine. But his velocity has gotten lower by about a half mile per hour each of the last couple of years. He's not that young anymore, so I don't know. Kershaw might just be getting a little worse, and he's still going to be better than Verlander probably no matter what, but it is a harder matchup. Arizona is probably a better offense than the Orioles. It is a National League game, though, so he faces the pitcher spot. Uh, Verlander's in the AL, but the Orioles strike out a lot. They, yeah, I guess they just haven't been very good this year. Um, They haven't scored more than three runs in any of their games. So Verlander is... The better matchup, I think, regardless of what the conditions are in Arizona. I, I definitely want to use both guys. Like, maybe it's possible to get them both in the same lineup. But I think I'm kind of just going back and forth on which one is the better play. I lean towards Kershaw, but I'm I'm not sold on it. Well, in the mid here, I think there's two pretty solid pitching options. We have uh, Jay Happ at 7,900 at home against the White Sox. The White Sox figure to be a bad team this year. They also strike out a lot. Something that we were talking about before we went on the podcast is that with Chicago, the White Sox, um, they did hit lefties very well last year. So they did also strike out a good amount against lefties. So there was always upside in targeting them. And then this year, I think the same upside is there. But then I also think there's a little bit higher of a floor because they're not going to be quite as good against left-handed pitching as they were last season. So I think Jay Happ at home against the White Sox makes sense. And then also in this price range, uh, Zach Godley at 9000 at home against the Dodgers. Kind of the same deal with Kershaw where if the roof is closed, I think that Godley is a pretty solid option. But if the roof is open, probably uh, figures to be more of a hitter's park in Arizona. The Dodgers are going to have a good offense this year. So I would be off Godley in that situation. Uh, Godley was very good overall last year. His velocity did dip a little bit towards the end of last season, but now it's a full off season off. And I, I think that the velocity should be back. And even when the velocity was down towards the end of last year, Godley was still pretty good. So what do you think of Godley and Jay Happ? Um, I definitely like Happ and Happ is probably the most likely pitcher on the slate to get the win bonus. Um, he's going against Carson Fulmer, but it's the White Sox and the Blue Jays are a lot better than the White Sox. That same thing is a problem for Godley. He uh, He's a plus 150 underdog. It doesn't look like that line has any public bias. Uh, the Dodgers are just really good, and Kershaw's really good. The Dodgers have the bullpen advantage. They're a better offense than Arizona. It's, um, it's going to be tough for Godley to get the win. 
So I think that there's just slightly less expected output for him than there otherwise would be. And I think he's kind of just priced fairly. Like maybe he should be closer to 10,000, but this is probably a slightly below average matchup. And I think it gets a little bit worse even with Kershaw being on the other side. So I think Godley warrants some consideration, but I prefer Hap. I'd rather try to squeeze in Verlander and Kershaw than pay down for Godley. And then I think I'd also rather just use one other cheaper pitching op- option that we haven't gotten to, and that's Garrett Richards. So I think uh, Godley's probably my fifth favorite pitcher on the slate after Kershaw, Verlander, Hap, and uh, Garrett Richards. Yeah, Richards, I, I think that we could kind of just reiterate the same thing we said when Richards made his first start of the year. He's too cheap. He's a borderline ace when he's been healthy throughout his career. His results weren't great in his first start of the season, but his velocity was way up. I think for his price, he's once again the best value pitcher on the slate, and I think is who I would project to have the best score for his price tag. So to me, he's probably going to be the pitcher that I want the most exposure to. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think it's going to work out that way because – we aren't sold on Kershaw versus Verlander. So it makes more sense, I think, to go heavy Richards and then mix the expensive guys. Um, So I'm thinking something like 80% Richards, 20% Hap, 50-50 on Kershaw and Verlander, all kind of subject to change. I think there's a decent chance I'd end up with a little more Kershaw than that. Maybe Godley makes like 5 or 10% of my lineups, but I I think I'll be pretty low on him. Uh, But yeah, Richards in most of the lineups makes sense. And then also the line movement pretty strongly supports him. Um, the Indians are going to have a good offense this year, but it's not that good right now without Michael Brantley. Um, and the Angels opened minus 120 for this game with an 8.5 total. They've already moved to minus 140 against the public. And the over-unders dropped from 8.5 to a little below 8. Uh, it's 8 with the VIG towards the under. So it's pretty strong indications that Sharp Money likes the Angels pitching um, it's a pitcher's park for Richards. He has home field advantage. I don't think there's any restrictions that we know of. And Richards is actually one of the only guys in opening day who was throwing harder than last year, which I think sort of makes sense given that he was hurt. Um, so maybe you could have expected him to throw softer, but also I guess it would have depended if he's healthy or not. Uh, I think it's a good sign that he is healthy now, that his velocity was up. I think it was three quarters of a mile per hour. While not that significant, it's certainly a good sign that, that it's not down. And I think any positive sign on Garrett Richards that he's getting closer to what he was when he was healthy, I think that's uh, that's plenty of evidence to use him. And he's just he's just really cheap for for what his production could be. So moving into the offenses, something that we have to keep an eye on is that Carlos Correa left Monday night's game with a toe injury, fouled the ball off his foot, and had some toe soreness had to come out of the game. So. I'd say his stat is definitely questionable for Tuesday night's game. I think the output for the Astros offense is for sure the highest on the slate, uh, more than, definitely more so than any other team. But whether Acrea is or isn't available definitely has an impact on that. Uh, let me see what the prices are really quick for them. Uh, Altuve is at 5,100 now. Bregman, 43. That's pretty reasonable. Marwin's only at 36. Reddick's still all the way down at 30. 3300 for Reddick is ridiculous. That's a really, really good value play. 5200 for Springer. So the issue with the Astros is that it's probably going to be tough to go high-end pitching with an Astro stack, although it probably is doable to go Kershaw and, uh, and Richard with an Astro stack, especially if Perea's out. 
Yeah, it makes them more easily fittable, but then it also just makes them worse. Like, it hurts the expected output for everybody. So while I do think that they have the highest expected output in terms of run production on the whole slate, it's probably not by enough where I'd really want to use too much of them. I, I mean, Mike Wright is bad. The Orioles' bullpen is bad. Uh, they have home field advantage. The line for that game, the Astros are minus 250, and the total is right around 9. I think both of those numbers will drop a little bit if Correa is out. But certainly a lot of implied run total. And, I mean, the spot makes sense. It just might be a kind of fair pricing. Like, I certainly will use Josh Reddick as a plug no matter what, assuming he's in the lineup, which he should be against a righty. But as far as everyone else, I think there might be some better choices. And I think I'd rather go a little cheaper for an offensive core because uh, the top two Astros guys are both above 5,000. And I think there are some pretty usable offenses that are just cheaper than that. So just because I just plugged it in, if you go Kershaw, Richards, with Marlon Gonzalez, Josh Reddick, George Springer, Alex Bregman, and Jose Altuve, this would obviously be assuming that Correa is out. You have $3,267 for the last three spots, uh, catcher, first base, and shortstop. So that is, that is a doable roster construction. There's just only so many combinations that you can make. So what are the other offenses that you prefer to the Astros then? Well, I think there are a couple that are close, and there aren't really expensive ones that I prefer, but there are mid-priced ones I prefer. So the Phillies-Mets game has a decent implied total with Ben Lively and uh, Matt Harvey. There's upside for both teams, but the prices are really high there. So that was the spot I was initially looking at, but I think I'll kind of pass that one. Um, There's definitely some good expected output for the Nationals against Julio Tehran in Atlanta. So... A uh, little bit of a positive park factor. Tehran's not very good. Um, Bryce Harper should be pretty chalky after the monster game he just had with three homer or a three-run homer and four walks. Uh, the spot that I like the most for value, though, is probably the Blue Jays again. Uh, they're facing Miguel Gonzalez, who is one of our favorite guys to target last year. Uh, I'm just trying to find the Vegas line there. Let's see, where did it go? Vegas line's disappearing on me. Oh, it's Carson Fulmer. Okay, that I think there's a, there's a disagreement there. We have to figure it out because I was seeing Carson Fulmer. It looks like DraftKings has Miguel Gonzalez. So, I don't know. Do you know who's starting? I have to I have to look this up now. Let's see. According to the MLB app, the starter for the White Sox is uh, Miguel Gonzalez. Okay, so Josh Donaldson's 4,200. And I guess against Fulmer, he's a young young pitcher on a team with a bad bullpen, so it might have been fine anyway. But uh, Donaldson's 4,200, Smoke's 3,700, and then everyone else on the Blue Jays is 3,200 or less. So they're priced like a team that has no expected output. Um, the line for the game is Blue Jays minus 180. The over-under is 9. So based on the Vegas line, they're actually implied for almost as many runs as the Astros, and the players are way less expensive. Um, I do have concerns about the Blue Jays' offense this year, but it seems like Donaldson's injury trouble might just affect him defensively and not so much offensively. Um, he has hit the ball pretty well. He, had, he homered again tonight. So I'm, I'm not too worried about Donaldson Donaldson's calf injury for his offense. And, I mean, the Blue Jays have decent hitting. They just are very underpriced to start the year. They didn't do a ton on Monday night, but they did have two home runs. Marissa Martin homered and Donaldson homered. Um, actually, and, uh, yeah, and Aledmi Diaz homered. Yeah, they hit three home runs. Uh, if they just managed to have some guys on base and maybe get a few uh, RBS singles or something, could have been a huge day. But whatever. The Blue Jays are a decent offense. They're very underpriced. They're facing a bad pitcher in Miguel Gonzalez at home. And the White Sox have a very uh, implosion-prone bullpen. So I like the Blue Jays a lot, and I think they're probably my favorite offense. 
but uh, I, I would mix in the Astros with them because there should be some salary left on the table with the Toronto offense. Yeah, so Miguel Gonzalez last year, 4.62 ERA, a 4.88 fifth. Steamers projecting him to have a 5.52 ERA this year. And then, obviously, to top it off, the White Sox, if they don't have the worst bullpen in the league, it's tied for the worst, and they're certainly a bottom five bullpen. So I, I, I agree with you on the Blue Jays for some salary savings. Uh, some other, uh, another offense that I am interested in for tomorrow is the Atlanta Braves at home against A.J. Cole. Cole was pretty shitty when he was up in the majors last year. Uh, let me bring up his numbers. The, this is how bad A.J. Cole was. Do you remember what happened last year where there was a game where it was like a 30% chance of rain in the forecast and A.J. Cole's turned to pitch? The Nationals just canceled the game with no rain so they could skip him in the rotation and they sent him down to the minor league the next day? Yeah, they basically uh, decided to have an emergency rain out because they didn't want him to have to pitch because they thought it would make them lose. And then with the extra day off, they were able to start it. It was either Strasburg or Scherzer. Yeah, they, they, they basically just manufactured uh, a way to get Cole out of the rotation. So, A.J. Cole did have a 3.81 ERA last year, except it was a 5.2 FIP, a 5.21 XFIP, and also projected by Steamer to have a 4.76 ERA this year. Uh, A.J. Cole also 13.6 home run to fly ball rate. Didn't strike guys out, walked a lot of guys. There's a lot of reasons to think he's not going to be good this year. So, I like the Braves offense a good amount for salary savings. I think Freddie Freeman is a really strong play. Yeah, uh, just for reference, the line for this game is roughly Pickham. The Nationals are minus 110, minus 115 favorites. And the Nationals hitters are way more expensive than the Braves hitters. So if both teams do roughly the same amount of production on offense, the Braves are getting a lot more value for their prices. Um, yeah, Freeman's the only guy over 4000 at 4600 uh, there's a lot of value on guys like Inciarte and Albies. Just looking for, the problem with stacking the Braves is they just don't have anyone else really who's any good. Like, they had Matt Kemp last year, and they had Matt Adams in the lineup at times. He's actually playing against them for this game. Like, I, I think I would use the Braves more as plugs just because there's not a lot of depth to their batting order. Uh, so I certainly like Freeman, Albies, and Inciarte a lot. But who else from the Braves are you willing to target? Like, Nick Barcakis at 3,500 makes sense for correlation. Uh, but there's no one I would be particularly excited to roster beyond that. So I think at 3,000, Kurt Suzuki is a fine catcher play. Um, let's just uh, check on him for a second because he got hurt two games ago, and I don't think he's back yet. Um, he hasn't come back yet, except I think he is. didn't put him on the DL. So yeah, Suzuki has, uh, per- Suzuki has pretty pronounced righty-lefty splits. Like, I don't really love him against righties, but I guess he's okay. And then I guess I'm, I'm sure you're going to mention him. Uh, Preston Tucker's 2,600. If he's batting middle of the order again, then he's probably good yeah. for salary savings too. Yeah. Well, that's five guys to put in a stack. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah, that, that does make sense. I would have a few brave stacks. I guess it, I wouldn't have too many because I'm probably only comfortable with the first five guys in their batting order. Um, so I definitely like the Blue Jays more. I'll have more of them. I'll probably have more of the Astros pending the Correa news. I think the Braves are one of the secondary choices then, and I would have them in the same category as two other teams that I like. Um, So the A's are at home against Cole Hamels. The A's might be tough to stack because they have some hitters who are going to be worse against lefties. They have Matt Olson, who is left-handed. Chris Davis had reverse platoon splits last year. And then did Matt Joyce get hurt in today's game? Um, No. He's still in. He's expected to rest tomorrow, but I guess that's because they're facing a lefty anyway. So, yeah, he, he doesn't matter. Um, but Jed Lowry, Marcus Semien, Matt Chapman, they're all cheap. 
Uh, Jonathan Lucroy potentially could bat near the top of the order at 3,300. And then someone who hit second for the A's a couple games ago, Jake Smolenski, is priced all the way down. Got to scroll down very far to find him. 2,400 for Smolenski. He could potentially be in the first few guys in their batting order. Um, maybe he hit second again. So that could be my favorite value play. Uh, Cole Hamels was really bad last year. He wasn't very good in his first start this year. He's throwing a lot softer than he used to, and his control is just bad. Um, I, I like targeting against Hamels, and the Vegas line has moved a ton in the A's direction already. Minus 110 all the way to minus 145. So a lot of line movement. Over-under is up to nine for that game. The A's actually have one of the highest implied run totals for the slate. So you probably can get them at low ownership against the name recognition that Hamels has. But they're one of the stronger offensive plays, I think. Yeah, I don't know if I would make A's. That's just because there's so many offenses I like. And I think there's ones that I like more than Oakland. Uh, ones that we've mentioned so far. And then in addition, I think that the Phillies and the Mets might also have uh, better, ex- higher expected run output than well, the A's. Well, the one uh, issue with that... The, fill, the implied run total for the Phillies-Mets game actually isn't close. The over-under for that game is eight, and that game is about Pickham, so it's basically four runs each. The A's run total is almost five. Yeah, I mean, personally, I just disagree with it. I would I would think that there could be a little bit of bias built into the Mets and Matt Harvey for name value. Like, Harvey's been so bad. I mean, I guess Cole Hamels has been all set out. Right, I, I think the total should be higher in both Harvey, games. Um, yeah, to me, just the A's were worse against lefty. And Harvey was, let's see, what were Harvey's numbers last year? They're bad. You, they were definitely I not. <laughs> I think we can just say they're bad. I mean, look them up if you want. But they're, uh, I think ERA in the fives, peripherals in the fives, just. Uh, it's it, uh, it's uh, it's worse than that. Okay. Matt Harvey last year, an ERA of 6.7 and a FIP of 6.37. And he had a home run to fly ball rate over 20%. I, I liked the Phillies a lot in that spot. Yeah, the Phillies are just really pricey, so maybe some of their guys for plugs, like Reese Hoskins is 4900 Carlos Santana's 4300 I mean, Santana is almost the same price as Freddie Freeman. Freeman's a much better hitter, and it's similar. It's a similar quality matchup for Freeman. Um, like, I'd use Odubel Herrera at 3400 I think, where is Nick Williams? He's priced way down. 3200 if he's starting, and then Aaron Altair's 3200 um, and then Scott Kingery also at 2,900. I think the Phillies make a lot of sense for Kingery's plugs. Kingery's 2,900? Yeah. Kingery's 2,900 also. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think we said it at the same time. Yeah, Kingery's 2,900. We can say it. We can reiterate that. I think it's the fourth time we've said it now. Okay. Uh, Kingery's a good play, and all those other guys are good plays. But I, I don't think I'd use a lot of, like, Carlos Santana, Cesar Hernandez, more so Hernandez, but Reese Hoskins, I think it's a little pricey, so I, I don't know. <laughs> He's got as much of a chance at a home run as anyone on this slate. He's probably worth having a little of. Uh, I'd probably rather have Chris Davis for the same price. I don't know. That's that's a tough one. Yeah, I guess both these teams could just be useful for plugs because they are a little expensive to stack, and they kind of just have cheaper value plays throughout their order. So maybe not a great stack spot um, for either, but certainly value on those lineups. And then one other team I'll mention who I think has a decent expected output but might also be hard to stack is the Angels. So Mike Trout's at 5,200 against Josh Tomlin, and Tomlin gives up a lot of fly balls. So there's there's a lot of home run upside against him, but there's not a ton of expected output. Um, the Angels are 
minus 140 favorites with an eight total. So yeah, we, we talked about this game already uh, with Garrett Richards, but there's correlation with Richards and Justin Upton at 4,200, I think is way too cheap for his home run upside. And then Calhoun at 39. So I think mini stacking the Angels as like a supplementary play alongside the um, alongside the Braves and Blue Jays. I think that's something I'll probably do a decent amount of. All right. So I think that covers everything. Also, the audio is starting to get pretty shitty on my end. I can't, I can't really hear Matt. Yeah, we, so, we, we should just say Scott Kingery's team. name again, and then we'll wrap up. Yeah, yeah. I think we were just both saying Scott uh, Kingery, and we couldn't hear each other. So. Yeah. That'll finish today. You can follow me on Twitter, Jaremberg DFS. Matt's Twitter handle is at Preaching Sense. Hopefully, this podcast is listenable. Hopefully, the audio is good enough for that. And we'll be back for Wednesday slate.